Let's get it started. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael Mullis, president of a company called Mortgage Teacher. And I just want to kind of look back. I've kind of thought, like, did my own Google research and took a look on what's been going on in the mortgage world. And wow, there's been a lot of changes in development, especially here in the London area. So we can kind of talk about almost a year in review just because it's been so crazy. You know, things really haven't, we haven't had a chance to really wind down. So we can talk about that in the market. And of course, with everything opening up and, you know, us getting to be human again, getting outside and starting to book maybe some events or getting out to cottages, uh, just getting out sports. I, I myself, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see a sports schedule. Please, please, please. So back to, to seeing some, uh, some friends and family out there for sure. So with that all being said, is the market going to cool off just because everybody's so busy? I think there is a part of the market that when we were stuck inside and with money that people were looking online and buying that house. I mean, let's face it. It's an online world. Everything is really easy online. So it's easy to shop online. I really uh, noticed this because how things have, have changed over the years. I've talked about this. People say, you know, why is mortgage teacher so busy? Why are you, you know, helping out so many? Well, let's just think about banking, how it's changed over the years. I mean, I'm, I just turned 45 ooh, a few weeks ago. I know some of you are listening going, oh, 45, I wish. Well, I know, but I'm a good learner. I observe, I, I listen to, to my parents, my grandparents, my older peers for sure. And, and like I said, let's just think about how banking has changed. Okay. So when I say that, when I was really young, I definitely, I, I live out in Dorchester. We have two branches out there and two different banks, sorry. And we would walk into that bank and, you know, ask for a loan or ask for advice. We would, we would invest through the bank. We would, you know, whatever. So what I'm getting at is, do we still go into a branch, you know, give them a hundred thousand dollars and say, where do you suggest I invest this? Mm, not typically. Most people, do you agree, have a relative or a relationship, someone they know and can understand and trust. And that's who they give their money to, to invest. A lot of people I find have a financial planner or some sort of investor. So we don't really use the branch to invest like we used to. Well, a lot of us have taken a route of investing or securing our lives with life insurance. Okay, that's good too. So life insurance, we used to, we go into the bank and we get coverage, right? Well, no, a lot of us go out to a life insurance broker and get either, you know, a permanent plan, a term plan for 20 years, but we secure and safe to get, give our family safety f through someone we trust through life insurance. So now you're telling me, hmm, we don't use the branch for investing. We don't use the branch for getting life insurance. What about car insurance to secure? No, we get that outside of the branch typically also. So these are three big assets in your life that I just realized that we don't really use the branch anymore. I think that fell short in the 80s or so in the 90s. Now let's go into the 90s. What about a car loan? Well, I know in the 90s, I would go into the branch, get pre-approved for so-called, you know, $10,000 car loan. And then I hit the auto trader to see what kind of car I could get for $10,000. That's not how it works anymore. We very rarely go into our branch to get the car loan. We now go into a dealership and they, yes, you know, whatever that dealership may be. And they give you three different loans. I choose this one. Lo and behold, I have a, you know, BMO payment coming out of my TD account, whatever that may be. 
So, and that's the way we do our car loans now. So I thought, wow, that's even changed in my lifetime on how we don't use auto financing the same way as we used to. So then I started looking to other banking things. <clears throat> For example, um, in my world, I need to teach young um, first-time home buyers or students type of thing to build credit. Okay. So we always say, you know, go get your own credit card. Same as you as parents, you know, go get your first credit card, start to build your credit. But I've realized that where would you go to get a credit card? I would totally think you went into your branch, but I cannot believe I see Canadian tire cards come in. I see people use a Costco card with 2% or 3% cash back. I see people have a Toronto Maple Leafs visa card. I mean, whatever that may be, the point I'm getting at is <coughs> we don't really use the branches for even getting our own visa card. So now when it comes to all these things, you know, car insurance, investing, uh, building the wealth, getting a, your first credit card, getting your first car loan, I've come to realize we don't really use the branch for any of these. So the only thing what that we're supposed to use the branch for is a half a million dollar advice on our mortgage. Aha. Uh -huh. And that's where mortgage teacher has come in. Finally, we have a place for unbiased advice amongst all the banks, just like they do with everything else. Same as the auto loan, same as all the other ones. So this is how I feel the banking has kind of trended. Hmm. Now to the online world, like I mentioned, and this was a bit of an eye opener with online banking, because to be honest with you, the only one I, I use my branch for advice is for banking. You know, getting money, opening my U.S. account, whatever that may be, that's what I use my bank for, banking. So with COVID, my branch in my area was actually closed down. So I had to make a, you know, 25-minute drive to wait in line. I'm going to show my age here. To wait in line to deposit these business checks. And the young gentleman there says, well, Mr. Mullis, you don't have to wait in line. We could have de deposited your checks through your phone. So you didn't really need to come in here today. I know I can deposit through my phone, folks. I didn't know I could connect that to my business account. So you got me there. So I, I was like, oh, really? So wait a minute. The only thing I need to ever come in to you guys for is banking. And you are now telling me I didn't need to come in here today. I can do my banking online. So that's a bit of an eye opener. I see that the last thing that I really need to go into a branch is banking. So then with customers, I started to realize that so many people are telling me that when was the last time you went into the branch? I get a lot of people saying, oh, last time I went into my branch, I don't even, it was a year or two ago. So I, wow, banking has really changed and become online, but where's the relationship? We were all grown on relationships. We were, if this is a surprise to you, then you are the type to walk into your branch and, you know, talk to the relationship and that's who gave you advice. So this is what we're here to provide on mortgages. Now, I've gone on a little bit on how we're, we're different and how we want to help out. But like I said, please look up Mortgage Teacher yourself and read the reviews. You can hear it from others and, and maybe there's a way to help. If you've heard the program before, you know, we give creative ways to not just, you know, borrow money, but how to use the equity in your home. That's what we've been talking about on the program lately. A lot of our homes went from maybe 600,000 to 900,000. Maybe we bought a place for 350 and now it's worth 600. How can we use that equity to grow our wealth and at the same point create a tax deduction? Because folks, we're going to see some tax coming up. There's been a lot of money given out. And of course, Mr. Trudeau, we're going to have to pay that back. So I'm Michael Mullis from Mortgage Teacher and we're going to go to a quick news break. But 
Please stay tuned in. When we come back, I'll give you a few strategies on what some people have been doing just the last couple of weeks and, and take advantage and some of the calls that I had and how we're helping people out. So please, again, look up mortgageteacher.com and anytime you want to call in, 226-289-2991. Take care and we'll be back right after this break. Here we go again, like the song says. My name is Michael Mullis, in case you're just tuning in. And we have this show that created uh, called Mortgage Teacher. We talk about interesting ways to save you interest. So if you're still tuning in, so thank you very much for not, you know, being distracted and changing that channel because we know mortgages is not the most exciting topic, but let's be honest, pretty much everyone we know has one and needs guidance with it. And there's a lot going on with it, like I talked about in the show. So at the beginning, I just talked about what the differences have been over the years. And and we talked about traditional banking. I mean, kind of over the last 20 years, how banking has changed and a a bit of an eye-opener on who we take our advice from now and why Mortgage Teacher is where it is, which I thank all you listeners with all the reviews and London and surrounding area. It's been fantastic. So thank you very much. And, And hey, we love helping people out. It's been insanely busy. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I think things are just opening up a little bit now that, uh, you know, it's not as insanely busy for, for a few reasons, I think. One, back in 2015 and 16, they were the lowest rates ever in Canadian history. You could get a five-year fixed for 2.5%. Yes, the rates are lower today. So I guess the rates today are technically lowest in history. But back in 2015, well, if you likely took a five-year fix back then, when are you up for renewal? Aha, 2020-2021. So I think that is why we just went through an insanely busy time because if you came up for renewal, your mortgage advisor would say, well, here's your renewal and wow, look what your property's worth. It's not worth 300 anymore, it's worth 500. Therefore, a lot of us, quick money out of the house, maybe bought a second home, Maybe you took money out for renovations, maybe paid off the pickup truck, whatever that may be. That's what we saw crazily throughout 2020 and 2021. Now that the dust is settling, not getting into the summer of 2021, and the reason I'm still saying it's still this year is now things are winding down because we're getting back because of COVID. We're getting back to normal, getting out and being busy. We, you know, we don't, I don't care about going to buy a place right now. I care more about going and doing some events and having some fun with the kids and hopefully sports, sports, sports. Like I said, I really want to see kids activities getting back to normal. Oh my gosh, just for the health of things mentally. So with this all being said, what can we do and how can we use this? This is where I want to talk to you guys about. How can we take advantage of the opportunities we have? Because I got a pretty decent phone call this week and this, this is a lot of people. Um, but this was kind of a friend of mine and we started talking the numbers and I thought, "Mm, you know, I get a lot of these calls, but when it's someone that, you know, well, you really look at it on how it can benefit them. So I get these sort of calls, you know, uh, Michael, my, my house is worth eight, 900,000, let's say a million for easy math. And I only owe literally a hundred thousand dollars. So I'm sitting on my house paid off. Fantastic. I also have a rental property that I only owe about 200000 or so, and another two other rental properties. So they've done great with their real estate, and the houses have gone up. Let's face it, folks. Anyone that has a house feels like they have money right now. But what I'm noticing is, much like farmers, where we get stuck, I find that the generation is being treated a little harder. And what I mean by that is the baby boomers 
are getting stuck with money in the walls and not in the halls. And of course, us being the kids of the baby boomers, we're next. And here's the issue that I'm seeing. It's getting harder to qualify for a mortgage, folks. And a lot of us in the, you know, my parents think that if you put 20% down, Bob's your uncle, just give me the money. Well, that's not the way banking works anymore. It qualifies big time and solely on income. So when you're making the money and you're getting T Ford and you're making a hundred grand a year, boom, boom, boom. That's when you're getting taxed the most also. And that's when you're racing and paying the mortgage off. Well, all of a sudden now you're retired or you're making less income or, you know, you only want to work part-time because you want to kind of live that half retired, half work life. That's the way work is changing. Guys aren't retiring early. They're maybe working half and half and taking less hours. That's what a lot of companies are doing. A lot, And they, even through COVID, a lot of us are having to take less hours. Now we go qualify for a mortgage. We want to, our house is worth 900000 We want to take 500000 out and invest. And now we're retired. We can't. Hence, we got money stuck in the walls, not in the halls. I mean, farmers, you guys can relate. We always get these calls. It's so upsetting. They have a property worth $1.5 but they can't get the money out. Because it's not that easy if you've run into this to borrow against a farm. A, a traditional bank might won't throw you money. It depends at what level, but it's not as easy as you think. So this is where mortgages are going. We got a stress test. Now let's talk about this stress test. What does it mean? What happened, folks, is in January 2016. Okay, actually, let's go back a little farther. But what a stress test is, it doesn't matter what rate you're getting on your five-year fix, whether it's 5%, 4%, 3%, 1%, whatever. You have to qualify at 5%, okay? So what happened is, this happened in January 1st, 2016. So let's say I had a couple, young couple in London, you know, professionals kind of raising their income, wants, wants to raise a family, and they get pre-approved for $400,000. And the rate they were getting back then, this is, let's say October, 2015, the rate was about 3.59. So they got a 3.59 mortgage, pretty good rate. They can go buy for 400. Then the stress test kicked in and they have to qualify at 5%, not 3.59. Now they can only buy for 320,000. That's what happened, folks. I had a couple ready to buy a house for 400,000. Next thing you know, the stress test kicked in and they could only buy for 320000 And that's what just happened on June 1st, 2021. The stress test went from 4.79 up to 5.25. Now, not that big of a deal. It's just 20000 Maybe uh, if you're pre-approved for four hundred, now it's three eighty. That's about what it did to us, okay? But in the big picture of things, what's happening is we have a lot of equity in our homes but we're not going to be able to access it. So here's what I'm noticing. Not to mention, if you have a rental property and it was, you know, you bought it for three and now it's worth 600. You're, are you taxed on getting that equity out to use? What if you took that equity out of your rental property and invested it? If we borrow to invest, we get to write that interest off. So maybe that's a good thing to do because while we're making our hundred grand or our, you know, our income, our T4 income now, before we are retired, we should have our rental properties close to the max. You know, you got your balancing to do within, you want to be cash flow positive. But, you know, I had someone call in, they only owe 100000 on their rental. They're profiting $10,000 a year and now paying income tax on that extra money. Why do that? 
get the equity out of the home, create a bigger tax deduction, have more interest in the component, and then use that money to invest to grow your wealth. And like I said, you are creating tax deductions while you're getting income hard. Now, and in the big picture, you're not, you have access to your equity while you're making money. Too many people don't want access to their equity until they're already retired and they're sitting there looking at a bank account and, hey, I want to invest that equity. But now they don't qualify the way they thought they did. Sorry if that sounded like a whole spin of a circle, but that's how it feels in this business. But what I'm getting at, if you, how can you use rental properties to leverage yourself, grow your wealth, use this equity to get ahead And at the same point, litigate your risk because you're creating a massive tax deduction. These are the things we need to do, depending on the age, if you're still like, you know, 40, 50, maybe still working at 60. This is what you want to kind of plan your last 10 years before you get to that retirement. That's when you start, you know, selling off your investments to to have your money to retire. That's what you do. So if this triggered your, you know, any ideas, talk to your financial planner, talk to your accountant. And then, as I mentioned throughout this whole show, Bounce this off a mortgage teacher. This is exactly what we're here to do to teach you the difference and come up with these strategies uh, to, to, you know, get ahead in life. So we got to, before we invest, we got to get rid of the debt, folks. And that's what we're here to do and and smart ways of doing it. So again, look up mortgage teacher if you want. And my name's Michael Mullis. Feel free to reach out and we'll have a time to chat. Have a great weekend, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.